If there's one lesson the COVID-19 pandemic has taught us, it's to be financially prepared for once-in-a-lifetime events. In a world where living beyond our means and being in debt has become the norm, setting up a financial safety net during times of economic downturns can be difficult for many. While the debt-free journey can be hard work, it's a realistic goal if you plan carefully, pay down your expensive debts as quickly as possible, and rein in your spending. Welcome to Pocketful of Dirhams. I'm Felicity Glover, the personal finance editor at The National. Joining me today is Steve Cronin, the founder of DeadSimpleSaving.com. Before we begin, don't forget to subscribe to Pocketful of Dirhams on your favorite podcasting app. Welcome to the show, Steve. Thank you very much. Always a pleasure to be here. The pandemic has put a lot of people's finances in the spot thanks to concerns about job security and debt is one of their biggest concerns. What should consumers' biggest focus be right now? I think people have woken up a bit with this pandemic. Um, what, What has happened in the past is that people think they're going to have their job forever and therefore they have this stability and therefore they can load up on lots of debt and their salary will always cover it. And what people have realized with the pandemic is that unexpected problems, whether it's you getting fired or the world having a pandemic, can cause real problems with um, the stability of your of your financial life. And then debt becomes a huge millstone around your neck. If if you are, are paying, let's say, 3,000 dirhams in debt every month, and uh, that's fine until you suddenly lose your job or you get a 50% pay cut, you could be in real trouble because the bank, yes, you know, there is the test program and everything, but the bank's not just going to like say, oh, no problem. You know, you never have to pay it off. Uh, they, they are going to kind of come after you. So so I think um, people have become much more aware of the dangers of debt. And that's probably a good thing. I mean, if if anything positive comes out of this whole experience, it is that you have to plan for the unexpected and you have to plan. You have to think about debt and the implications of what it what it could do to your life. Absolutely. So one, I mean, we're talking about debt here. And I mean, I think that there's, you know, good debt and bad debt. But do you think all debt is bad or is it okay to have debt? But you know, to help you with that, you always need to be planning for the future. Yeah, I think I think there's a there's a clear division between good debt and bad debt. And and I would say that that is between cheap debt and expensive debt. So that comes down to interest rate or or profit rate if if you're doing Islamic banking. So so, um, typically I would say as a rule of thumb, if if you're paying more than 5% a year, and by the way, that's not the flat rate, that's that's the reducing rate, right? You may have to dig a bit to find out what the reducing rate is because they like to use the flat rate uh, in marketing but the, the actual reducing rate, the rate that you'll be paying every single month for, for the rest of the, the term of the loan tends to be a bit higher. If that's over 5%, I would say that that debt is expensive and you should pay it off as soon as possible. If um, it's below 4%, then I would say that's actually quite cheap and there's no hurry. I mean, if you're paying 2 3% on something, I don't think there's a massive hurry to pay that off. And um, you have to look at that that as a as a percentage of your salary. Obviously, you know there is a debt burden element of that. But um, if if that debt is like 10, 20 percent of your salary, 
and you've got some cash set aside. And so even if uh, you lost your job, you could still pay it off somehow, then I don't think there's any big hurry to pay it off. When you talk about cheap debt and expensive debt, are you talking, you know, cheap debt, for example, is a mortgage versus expensive debt, which would obviously be a credit card? Yes. So typically, um, the more secured a loan is, the lower the interest rate would be. So what do I mean by that? Um, It's secured on a property. It's secured on a car. Um, if if you stop paying, then the bank can repossess your, your property, they can repossess your car. And so they're going to give you a better interest rate for that. So typically we see student loans, mortgages, car loans, uh, they tend to have lower interest rates. The, the type of um, loan that's more dangerous and expensive tends to be the personal loans, which are kind of unsecured, you know, if anything, they're secured on, on you, right? So, so, uh, so, so they tend to have a higher interest rate. And then, of course, credit cards at the top. Now, credit card debt is dangerous. And I would say to anyone, if you're not paying your credit card off every single month in full, that is a massive red flag. And you must, must, must do something about it. And I think if you take away any one thing from today's podcast, you must pay off your credit card debt in time. I totally agree with that. Do you think that debt, you know, anything from mortgages to credit cards, personal loans and car loans, it's become such a way of life and is so entrenched in our lives that people can't kind of envision being debt free? Yeah. And maybe that's a failure of imagination that people need to start thinking about, especially given um, you know the horror stories that we see in um, the Nationals debt panel every every single week. Um, it, it, it is important to uh, to try and um, envision that 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 life being being away from debt. Um, if you if you think of what the bank's job is, you know, the bank's job is to kind of get you into debt, right? Um, it's kind of like a cake shop. A cake shop is going to try and sell you more cake than perhaps is healthy for you, right? And a bank is possibly within the regulations going to try and sell you more debt than is perhaps healthy for you. Um, and so they will be trying to get you to have those three credit cards. Um, they may encourage you to get a personal loan and a mortgage and a car loan and, and all of these things. And at some point, you have to be the adult and say, I don't need this. And if you are addicted to debt, you just do have to, I think a lot of people are in the region, actually, because it's quite easy to get debt and it's pushed quite hard. People are phoning you up all the time uh, to sell you a credit card or to give you a loan. And and you you have to, at some point, say, stop, I don't need this. Um, There's plenty of people driving around in flashy cars in uh, living in amazing villas with fancy Rolexes and amazing handbags, and their entire life is built on debt. Well, I'm sorry, but that's a fake life, right? Because uh, that um, the, the more debt that you have, um, the more money has power over you, and the more the bank has power over you. So um, that lifestyle is quite precarious, and you have to learn how to step away from it. I think that's interesting. I mean, I've been, I mean, one of the things what prompted me to do a podcast on this topic is that I've been living a debt-free life for a couple of years now. And there was a time when, yes, I had I had debts, um, but I've, you know, paid them all off. And I just think, I mean, that freedom that you feel um, 
knowing that you don't have to make a regular payment to a bank for a credit card or a personal loan or whatever is so um, liberating, I think. But do you think it's to live a debt-free life? Is that a realistic goal for most people in the world and why? I think at some point in your life, you're going to have to be debt-free. <laughs> when you're 70, you're probably going to be debt-free, right? And so, so you... Um, you can can never start too early, really. But I think I I tend to think of being completely debt-free is a little bit extreme because like credit cards are useful. Um, loans in certain circumstances, like mortgages, they are useful as long as you have a plan for paying them off. But it, it's a personal thing. Like if you've had problems with debt in the past and you you can sleep at night by being debt-free, then that is great. Um, if you are comfortable learning how to manage your debt and you only have cheap debt then and you pay off your credit card every month, then I think that's okay. The problem is people don't realize you are literally handing your life over to the bank and, and to some extent to your employer once you take out a big expensive mortgage or you build up your credit card balance. And um, those two entities are going to be controlling your life. And so it's going to be stressful. There's, you're going to lack freedom. Is, is that what you really want in life? And certainly I've had friends who have um, come to uh, the UAE and uh, got a fancy car, kind of trying to keep up with the Joneses, I suppose, got a fancy car and on debt and then really struggled when they lost their job and really, really struggled. And, and it's been a mess and, and it's had a big toll on their physical health. Um, and I think quite a big percentage of people probably end up like that. And um, if you can show, you know, people more like you, you know, um, you should talk more about this topic and say, actually, what what's going to lead to more happiness? Is it going to be a fancy car and lots of nice fancy handbags? Or is it going to be knowing that you are debt-free and stress-free and, and have flexibility? And um, at some point, and it may take a bad event for people to realize which is better, but at some point you have to realize that actually uh, a fancy car is not everything in life. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. Um, and I think we've all had those friends, you know, who have moved here and, and have, you know, embraced the debt problem, um, you know, just because they think, wow, you know, it's it's so easy to get credit here and, and I don't mind getting into debt because my job's paying well or whatever. And and then like with the pandemic or the global financial crisis, you know, something, um, you know, black swan event happens and you really do risk drowning, I think, in, in debt. I mean, for me, you know, I'd, I'd much rather be debt free. I don't, I, I have a credit card, but I don't use it. I'm actually thinking of cancelling it because I haven't used it for um, more than a year. Just knowing that I don't have debt and, you know, if I lost my job, for example, I, I don't have to be as stressed. I, th I think that for me that's the, the driver. It wasn't that I intentionally wanted to live a debt-free life or, you know, started living, you know, that kind of really restrictive fire embracing the restrictive fire movement. So I have, a, I have a couple of questions for you actually on this then. So okay, then. <laughs> have, you, <laughs> have you felt like you've had to sacrifice anything no, to have no. your debt-free life? No, that's the thing. I mean, we still do nice things. I, you know, we still buy treats and, you know, kind of things like that. I mean, of course that's, you know, uh, reduced, um, you know, since, you know, especially last year during, you know, the movement restrictions and things like that. So, you know, we weren't going out and, and whatever. 
but I don't feel that much has been being sacrificed, um, you know, for that. It was just, I was lucky that I was able to pay off all of my debts and, um, and then, you know, not have to rely on credit to, to do the things that I want to do in life. Um, we haven't traveled for a while, but, you know, on the flip side, we've been able to save. And, you know, when we could travel, we would, you know, do some really cool things. I think people sometimes don't realize that there's another way to live life. And they go to university, they get a job, they see everybody around them driving nice cars and having nice holidays and having nice houses. And you just think, well, this is the way it is. And, um, and it doesn't need to be. And I think that's, that's the good thing about the financial independence movement is that whether ultimately you, you sign up to it or not is, is that it shows you that there is another way, which is just living a bit more within your means thinking a bit more about money, investing sensibly, trying to save a bit more and um, and not trying to load up on expensive debt. And, and when you realize that that is a possibility, then you'll never forget it. And and you may not live that life immediately, but but at some point when you find yourself sailing a bit too close to the wind, then then you'll be like, okay, now, now I'm ready. You Now I'm mature enough and, and I don't ever want to feel that sense of being out of control again. And so um, I'm going to I'm going to be debt free. I'm going to massively reduce my debt, and you will find that you're still happy, <laughs> and that you know the the things that are important in life don't really cost any money. Um, so so then that's fine. My next question, um, which I'm sure you were going to bring up anyway, is just on on the credit cards. You said that you um, you haven't used your credit card. Um, for a year now, what what are you using instead? Um, so I I just use my debit card. Yeah. So because I, I yeah I have a I have my academy program, so I teach a lot of people about this stuff, and I feel I feel that um, in the region, debit card skimming and card fraud has just seemed to have gone up a lot recently. And and I typically tell people in my in my course um, that the only thing that should see your debit that should see your debit card is the ATM machine. Um, and even then, you know, if you're in Europe or whatever, you have to check for one of those card skimming machines on on the on the ATM. Um, and the reason for this is because you, your debit card is like the keys to the kingdom, right? It's the keys to your current account, and and you don't want to flash that around too much. Uh, now, some people just keep a tiny amount in their credit card, uh, current account, and then it doesn't really matter. But I, I worry that if if someone gets access to your debit card, they can take money out of your account, and then that money has gone, and um, the the bank's going to be frustrated, and you're going to be frustrated, and you have to try and get it back. Whereas if your credit card gets skimmed, then uh, it's generally uh, much less of a problem to get it back. Every, the, the card companies and the banks are insured to cover this. And um, and you may not even have to make an excess payment if if they can resolve it in time. So, so I'd say that it's much more secure to have a credit card. Um, I think if you're going to use your debit card, then I would use Apple Pay or Google Pay or whatever, because then the the card details don't get transferred fully to the merchant. So that's an extra layer of security. But I would also say personally, like don't use your debit card in restaurants, online, um, gas stations, things like that. I, I would 
I would use a credit card. Plus you get points, cash back, things like that. And you just need the discipline of, of paying it up every, every month or even every week or every transaction. I mean, I know some people who like pay off their credit card every day, like in the evening, they just pay it off because um, that that's reinforces the link between um, buying and spending money. Because otherwise that link, if you pay off every month, it's slightly broken. Um, so that's my rant about debit cards and credit cards. I'd be interested to, to hear what, what you think about that. Well, thank you. I, 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 I am aware, you know, of the, of the risks of, you know, financial fraud and, and things like that. I mean, I have to say I don't keep a huge amount of money in my um, current account and uh, everything, you know, savings and things are elsewhere. So, you know, that's kind of, I kind of figure that that's okay. Preferably, I would rather, you know, I didn't lose any money to to scammers, of course. So definitely, I didn't, I wasn't really aware of that. So maybe I should rethink giving up the credit card. Um, and I am one of those people, um, you know, when I have used the credit card, I do pay it off. Literally, as soon as the transaction is done, I log in and pay off the amount um, immediately. So I am one of those people as well, you know, kind of, I, I just get... I don't know, I find debt very, very stressful, to be honest. And I think that so many people are slaves to debt. And I just don't, you know, want that feeling at all. It took me a long time, though, to get to this, to get to this level. I mean, as I said, I have been in debt. I've learned, you know, expensive lessons um, in life. And I just don't want to go back to that. Uh, so that's what motivates me. Yeah, for, for sure. I mean, debt is a very adult matter, right? Uh, kind of like driving your car, you know, you, you have to be responsible when it comes to debt and you have to make decisions that the spending monkey that sits on your shoulder isn't always going to like. And, and yeah, you have to be sensible and disciplined. So, so um, if, if you struggle with that sort of thing and with impulse purchasing or, or, or whatever, then you have to take ownership of that yourself because because no no company is going to do that. The bank's not going to do that for you. Um, the companies make money from you buying their goods and services, so they're not going to help you. Um, you have to do this yourself. And at some point, you have to put on your adult pants and say, like, I I'm going to get control of this. And, and it's good that you know yourself, right? So you know that debt stresses you out. And so you, you can manage it accordingly. And, and I think um, so many people live day to day. They, they see something, they want it, they buy it. And they don't think about the consequences because today they have a salary. And I think for anybody um, now, you should take the time, you know, on a, a lazy weekend when you're in a good mood, like plan and, and plan it with your other half if you have another half and say, well, what happens if I lose my job? Or what happens if we both lose our jobs? Or what happens if our salary is cut by 50%. Like what actually would we do and, and make a plan? And, and if you run the numbers and you see that like your debt is really going to mess you up, then you need to take steps now while you still have a job to, um, to plan for that and, and maybe to start getting out of that debt or pay off your credit card balance. And I think as you've discovered, I mean, it's a wonderful feeling paying off your credit card balance and then being free of credit card debt is an amazing feeling. And it's probably a better feeling than the kind of short term addiction of spending money because you're, you're not very happy. 
and and that's a that's a whole other area. But it, it really helps to understand why you're not happy and why you're spending. You know, if you're if you're spending a lot of money because you're a long way away from home, and you're missing your friends, and you work very hard, and so you're spending lots of money on convenience items like deliveries, and you're treating yourself a lot because you're kind of miserable at work, then you need to acknowledge that and maybe you need to change up your life so you're not so reliant on purchasing and therefore you won't be so reliant on debt. I totally agree with that, um, definitely. I mean, you just, I mean, you see, you know, everywhere these days, you know, people struggling with debt. And I think it's not, it's not just about, you know, buying things and being addicted to buying things. I mean, some people get into debt and it just becomes, you know, this vicious circle, you know, they can't seem to get out of it. And then, of course, those unplanned things in life happen, like losing your job and it just compounds, you know, as well as the interest um, on everything that you owe. So it can be, I think, money is is very emotional. Debt can make it worse. I think also the the cash buffer of the emergency money can help a lot. Um, we see time and time again on the debt panel, we see people whose, whose parents get sick. And this is especially true um, in in places like uh, India and Pakistan, where they don't necessarily have health insurance, especially for elderly people. And so um, the, the dad gets sick. You have to pay the medical bills. They're much bigger than you ever anticipated. And so you take out a credit card um, to pay for that. And then, of course, you can't pay off that debt. Maybe then you lose your job um and um and things spiral from there so so you're absolutely right so not even from spending money on stupid stuff but actually from trying to help your sick parent you then end up in a debt spiral and many families actually relying on the breadwinner living in the uae to support the entire family and and that's worrying as well and i think that's where a cash buffer can really help you and if you have six months total expenses set aside, then you're not going to be so reliant on credit card debt and you're going to be much more resilient. And so if something does happen, like your dad gets sick, even if you have to blow out that entire cash buffer of six months total expenses to support your dad, then at least you haven't had to get into credit card debt. And uh, and I think people who live for the moment, they don't tend to have enough cash. There's two types of people, right? People who have way too much cash just sitting around and people who just don't have enough. Um, but a, a cash buffer will protect you against getting into debt unexpectedly and and will definitely help you sleep at night. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, even if you do have to tap into that, into those savings, it's much easier to build it back up again than it is to pay off um, debt, you know, with the interest and the compounding interest if you start missing payments. So, you know, I'd rather, much rather resave than than pay off a debt. Um, but that is an issue, I think, that's, you know, this debt spiral. It's it's very sad. Yeah. And and the and and the compounding is a serious thing. You know, if you look at a credit card that's maybe charging 3.25%, if you don't pay that off for a year, um, the interest is is compounding interest on interest every month. And, and so, you know, you may be paying like 47% a 
right? It, it's it's much more than um, just multiplying it by twelve. You know, it's forty seven percent is what you might be paying, plus late fees, and and so you could be paying this off for years and still barely make a dent on the balance. You have to be super super careful about credit card debt. It is really toxic, and and I think best avoided. No, absolutely. I mean, I remember in uh, an advertising campaign, it was financial literacy. I can't remember which country it was in, but um, it was basically there was a full page ad that, you know, it was a luxury item, you know, like a, I don't know, a Birkin bag or something like that. It had the price, the sale, the retail price um, underneath it. And then on the next page, it kind of, you know, put all if you miss payments and the compounding interest and it, you end up paying tens of thousands of dollars for something on credit if you don't pay it off immediately. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and, and you're not necessarily going to notice on your credit card statement. I mean, I, I I always use the example, you know, if you go go for a nice holiday and it's 10,000 dirhams and then over the next two years, you just pay off the minimum, minimum balance on your card, which is pretty low, then... Um, after two years, like on your statement, it's going to say like 10,200 or something because, because it doesn't show the interest that's been building up. But in reality, after two years, that holiday that was 10,000 dirhams is now going to, um, is, is now going to be a, a lot more. Right. And, uh, it may even be like, say after two years, it's going to be like 18,000 dirhams. Right. So, so that's, that's, that's a huge amount extra. And, and the problem is, though, that people aren't just um, going on one-off holidays and putting it on their, on their credit card. They're actually putting that 10,000 dirhams on every single month and then still only paying the minimum balance. And, and then after two years, you, know, you could have paid an extra like 100,000 dirhams just in interest um, completely unnecessarily because you're not taking this seriously. And and some people have a head in the sand approach, which is really dangerous. And, and look, we've all been there. You know, like I'm I'm very human as well. And and I've I've had to like wake up and realize that that I, I needed to sort out my credit cards. And and um, you never forget lessons like that. <laughs> and it makes you very passionate about uh, telling telling everybody. You know, like you you cannot have a head in the sand approach to this. Um, you know, if you're listening to this and you you kind of know that you need to sort out your credit card, like you must do it. Like more, there's not almost nothing more important. Getting back to you know trying to live a debt free life, what tips could you recommend for people to get started on a debt free journey? Aside from paying off your credit card, of course. I think it really helps to learn a bit about financial independence. Just Google it. There's lots of good advice out there. You know, it's just a way of thinking about money in a holistic framework. So you see how everything fits together. Um, I I would do, you have to understand where you are now, right? So like you need to understand like what are your assets, like what you own, what are your liabilities, what you owe, um, what's your income, what are your expenses? um, If you are in debt, like, what what's the interest rate for all the different types of debt that you're in? Like, just get the facts because like when you have the facts, then you can control them and you can manage them. And actually you feel a lot less stressed than, than like not really knowing where you are. And so understand where you are and understand like where you want to get to. Um, what kind of life do you want in 
20 years time like when do you want to stop working people think that they they either going to work for the rest of their life or that they they need to retire when they've got like 2 million dollars or some huge amount which which you you absolutely don't need um so so like have a bit of a plan and then generally um having that plan and working towards that and saving and investing towards that goal will become more exciting than buying a fancy handbag. And, and so that will start to shift your mentality. Um, and then, and then, you know, the next step to that really is just understanding the expensive debt that you have and finding ways to pay it off as far, as far as possible and as fast as possible. And, and really you've got two levers to do that which is to increase your income i know that's not easy in these times but um you know if your if your other half's not working maybe they can start working maybe you can you can do a, a side hustle uh on the weekend that brings in some more money like whatever it might be um and then on the other side is to reduce your expenses um look at you know what's actually giving you value can you find a way to get your rent down or move, move, um, house. Um, can you chop down on, on the little things that, that add up, you know, like food deliveries, um, just come up with a list of 10 things that you, that you could do to reduce your expenses and then make another list of 10 things that were just like wildly unrealistic, um, to reduce your expenses very significantly. Like, um, take your kids out of school or whatever. And just by being creative about this, you'll probably come up with like two things that you could actually do that you wouldn't have thought of otherwise. Um, and, and understand what your, your savings rate is, you know, like what percentage of your income is left over at the end of the month and, and try to think of ways to increase that and then put that extra money towards paying off your debt and, and have a timeline and be like, okay, by, the end of 2021, we will have paid off X amount of our debt. And if there's two of you, if you're a family, like commit to that together, make it a family thing, you know, say like, yeah, we're going to do this. And to some extent, try and like enjoy the process, even if it requires, you know, some kind of amount of sacrifice. Um, and you will find that in, in that control and in that understanding your life and, and understanding money, there is a freedom that is much more satisfying and much more important than buying fancy things. And uh, so, yeah, those would be, those would be my steps, but I think it, it starts with opening your eyes, learning a bit about what other people have done uh, to get out of debt, um, understanding what debt you have and how expensive it is. And then just coming up with a plan for how to reduce it. And I think if you get that far, like there's no doubt that you will start to get out of debt pretty pretty quickly definitely i think they're really good tips finally though i think that we need to um you know sort of end on a positive note um what would you say are the benefits of living a debt-free life let's try and help motivate you know people you know to see you know the the, the light at the end of the tunnel is it say is it saving more invest being able to invest it and get your money you know sort of making more money for you um what would you say are the, are the top five benefits of doing this? Yeah, I mean, ultimately, it's freedom and resilience, right? And, and nothing beats that. Um, 
you know, I, I, I run my own business as, as a financial independence coach. And I, I don't think I would have been brave enough to do that, you know, and I can live life on my own terms. And I run a lot of my business through Zoom and, and I get to spend time with my, my kid. And, and I don't think I would have necessarily been brave enough to do that if I, if I had loads of debt and, um, you know, like weighing me down. Um, and you know the bravery to step away from from corporate life, and so I think f- freedom and resilience are, are the biggest things. Um, but also just being able to sleep at night, you know, is huge, huge benefit. Um, and not being not being beholden to the bank. I mean, you you speak to anyone, and you don't have to look very far. Anyone who's been phoned up by the bank's recovery department, you know, trying to get their money because you missed a payment or whatever, it's horrible. And, and it's really stressful. And, and financial stress is like possibly the top stress that people, that employees see. And, you know, any one moment, you know, 30, 40% of your employees will be chronically stressed about money. And that makes you sick, right? It, it, it physically and mentally impacts your health and well-being and makes you more likely to have anxiety and depression more likely to have a heart attack, all of these things. So everything is wrapped up together. And um, so, yeah, there's huge benefit to just taking control of your money, reducing your debt, and um, reducing the ability for external circumstances to totally ruin your life, right? So eventually what happens is that when you stop paying off your debt, then, yeah, as you mentioned, you can start investing money and build up a portfolio of like let's say you know global index funds or whatever until you have enough saved up so that if you no longer like your job you can walk away and go and do something else if you no longer like being in the country you can walk away and go and do something else if you fall out of love with your other half um you have the financial means to survive without them right um i think there's many like women in particular who feel like trapped in relationships where they feel well, like, what would I do? I don't understand money, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And whereas having, creating that financial savviness uh, means that, yeah, you can survive by yourself. You don't need a bank. You don't need a boss. You don't need a bad relationship. You can stand on your own two feet. And um, so a lot of that comes from being debt-free and saying, and knowing that like whatever happens, like even if there's a once in a century pandemic, you can, uh, you will be okay. Like you will be okay. And then you can probably um, retire much earlier than you ever thought possible. And of course, like you're not just going to sit on the beach, right? But but you can go and do like what you actually put on this earth to do and uh, and go and help people and, 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 and experience all the wonders that life has to give um, rather than being a slave to your company. And, and we've all felt like that, you know, like there's, there's nothing worse than feeling trapped in a job. Debt will trap you in your job for sure. And you may end up even, you know, in prison or whatever, if you're not careful, um, if you, if you lose that job and no one wants that feeling. So, so yeah, like there are so many positives to, uh, having a, an expensive debt-free life and, if you are really struggling with the concept of being in debt at all, then yeah, have a completely debt-free life and um, you will feel the, the freedom and resilience that you are experiencing with, with your own debt-free life. 
I totally agree with you on that. Having a debt-free life myself, as I said, that freedom of liberation is is really incredible. It's it's empowering, I think. Yeah, and not many people just realize that it's possible. Like so many people just think like there is a way of living life and it is like loading up on debt, buying expensive things, working really hard, grinding yourself into the dust. Um, and actually it does not have to be like that, right? There are cleverer ways um, to manage your money and that gives you freedom and then that gives you happiness. You'll be a much nicer person. <laughs> people want to hang out with you. Um, the right people will want to hang out with you, not just your friends who spend lots of money. So yeah, you may find yourself going against the herd and and having to say no to, to people who just love spending money, but that's okay. Like you'll get an inner happiness that, that's hard to beat. Thank you this week to Steve Cronin, the founder of deadsimplesaving.com. If you would like advice on your personal finance issues, you can write to me at pf@thenational.ae. And remember, PF stands for personal finance. Please do subscribe to Pocketful of Dirhams on your podcasting app to receive weekly updates. And also leave us a review so we know what you think. This episode was produced by Arthur Edison, and I've been your host, Felicity Glover.